Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Generation On Air. My name is Alex Bullimore, uh and QPR have rounded off January with a draw against Huddersfield uh, on Sunday. Uh, follow, just before that, we actually won a game, meaning that for a brief moment in time, and perhaps still going, there is and was a little bit of good feeling around the place again. Uh, joining me to discuss everything from Millwall to our new striker, Michel, I believe. I assume that's how you say his name. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Is Dan Lambert. Dan, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. Good, good. Um, as I've just said, sort of pre-recording, we've kind of um, done this podcast very last minute, so we have very limited notes uh, on what to do. So, Dan, I'm going to give you the option. How how would you like to start the podcast? Would you like to talk about our shiny new striker, the the one-all draw with Huddersfield, or the win against Millwall? Um. Do you want to go to Millwall? Because I don't know too much about... I can't remember too much about the Millwall game. So if we get that over with, and just kind of... Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, let's go back to Millwall to two weeks ago. A game that wasn't on Sky, which is a rare occurrence uh, this month. Um, let's just say going into this game, I think it was a little... You know, I think me and my, me and my dad were speaking pre-match. We were saying... Uh, we would quite like to get four points from the next two games, but we were kind of expecting, if it, that were to happen, the draw to come against Millwall and then the win to come against Huddersfield. But uh, it's happened the other way around, and for some reason that makes me feel ever so slightly disappointed. So, yeah, I'll just take it. you got to take the results where they come. Um, yeah. I mean, actually, funnily enough, I think I remember, I don't know if you guys remember, but I messaged my brother about ten minutes before the kickoff. I had no no reasoning for it whatsoever, but I just messaged him saying we're going to win today. Um, and then yeah, ninety minutes later we uh we ended up beating Mill. I don't know why. I, th- I think I say I had no reasoning, but part of me wasn't exactly overly impressed with Mill in the reverse fixture on Boxing Day, even though we were bad as well and they they deserved the win. I didn't didn't really see them as that much better than us quality wise. Um so kind of maybe it's partly that and then I think they dropped off a little bit just after their good run. So maybe I thought this was the time where we could maybe catch them um catch them out, which we end up doing. I think from looking at all three sides that obviously, you know, keep your Huddersfield and Mill that we've seen play over the last two weeks, there's you know, it's very obvious why all three teams are in the predicament that they are. Like not been too much good football played over the last 180 minutes at Loftus Road. No, no. Um, going into that Millwall game, I seem to remember. It, obviously, Smith was due to start, but Willett comes in because Smith gets injured pre pre match. He, he's fine because he plays at the weekend against Huddersfield. Um, what what do you think about the performances of Willock recently? There's been rumor. I think we can say. Um, I would love to say more about it. I can't because I don't have access to the particular journalist Patreon. Oh, yeah. um, but apparently we're going to look to cash in on him. Um, we've That's made a thing on his, uh, on his, on his assessment of his hamstring. Well, yeah, this is a thing. Like it's a, uh, it's a sad story of Willock, isn't it? Like, I think everyone's been at times tongue in cheek about him. And then sometimes, you know, I think actually at the weekend it was turning incredible how, how, 
quickly it can turn around for you as a footballer because he was loved and people were begging for him to come back just months ago, you know, when Ainsworth wasn't letting him near the, the starting eleven. Now he's now he's actually starting. People are shouting for him to get off the pitch and all this sort of stuff. So it can turn around incredibly quickly for you. The what exactly has gone on and what got sort of like has led to this point where he's a shadow of the player that he was, even under Mick Beale. You know, we may never know. We may already know. I, I don't know. But it's what? What do you? How do you assess the last couple of performances from Chris Willock and sort of like going forward? How useful is he actually to us as a starting player? Yeah. Um, across the last three games, probably say. I mean, Mill. We got the assist for the first goal with Chair. Put the ball in. Mm-hmm. I mean, over overall, he's been pretty quiet throughout the games. I mean, there's a slight caveat. He's playing on the right hand side, so he's having to a lot of the time hit the byline, which is kind of a a natural Paul Smith kind of um role. Um, so there is that kind of leeway because you when you used to see him on the left or on the ten. He was a bit more effective. So I can understand from that point of view. But I mean, injuries have played a massive part. He's kind of lost his speed or his acceleration that kind of gave him that extra half a yard over defenders. Um, And then you lose that bit of unpredictability. Defenders can read you quite well in this league because they're not, I don't know, they're not like five years ago where you come up against a pretty slow fallback or something like that. They they can match match you for pace. So... I don't think either of those things have helped, but um, yeah, he's certainly not hit hit brilliant levels across the board. But do we really have? I know Smith came off injured in the warm up. We don't really have anyone else that can kind of challenge for the places, and maybe that lack of competition might might also be kind of hindering us as well. Well, I think you get the the trade off with Smith is that he's probably more natural to position. He has that speed, but then. Um... You possibly don't get the same quality of crossing. Yeah, you can't. You have yeah. to sort of decide what's more important. I think yeah. at least with Smith, you can bombard teams. Like, in if if you're on the up, <clears throat> say for like if you've had a strong 15 minutes in the game, if you send the ball down the right because of the speed of the play, I reckon you could probably get another two or three chances out of Smith. Mm, yeah, it's whether that quality of chance is quite there. But then again. Could you really rely on Willock to sort of like be really good in that one moment that he might get? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I also I also think if you're looking at it from a defensive point of view, I think if you're the right back, you'd much rather Smith than Willock because I'm sure we'll touch on touch on it in a bit. But Willock doesn't really track back as much as Smith would, um, and that put a lot, particularly on Sunday or yesterday, put a lot of um, pressure on Drew. I thought so. Yeah, I think also out of possession. I mean, we've we've been a lot better out of possession, both from a defensive point of view and deeper areas and kind of high pressure. So I think he also probably doesn't really help us in that compared to someone like Smith, who's quite high, high energy. And the other thing as well is that the really big thing about putting Willock back in the team is that he would link up with Chair in some way, because that was how, you know, they were best when they were sort of working in tandem with each other and had a bit of free reign across the pitch but we we just don't yeah. see that anymore it's much but now more... they're they're opposite sides of the one's yeah. left one's right, and then dykes is 10 so we don't you don't yeah like you say you don't really have that kind of same um those same connections on, on the pitch as well 
Yeah. Just looking back at that first goal, we did. I did say there that was wasn't much good football played over the last ninety or hundred and eighty minutes at Loftus Road. But that first goal against Millwall, apart from the slightly scrappy ending to the to the move, actually, you know, wasn't quite bad. You know, play the ball out. Not, I mean, it's a it's a longish ball, but we play the ball out from a pretty deep area in our half. Dykes with a nice touch and turn plays uh, Willikin, um, who eventually puts in a nice cross. You know back post chairs there to follow it up and obviously you see evidence of it later on in the game of Armstrong actually being aware to the situation and trying to follow up and into the back of the net uh, for the second goal but he's trying to do that again for the first goal so you know all in all that I think that is probably a pretty good goal yeah no good move yeah playing out from the back Um, yeah I think I think that kind of goal epitomizes the role of Dykes because You've got that. You've got the ability that you can play short through the centre halves or kind of bypass the midfield a bit and use his kind of aerial ability to kind of, uh, yeah, gain gain a bit of territory in the in the opposition's half quite quickly. So, yeah, no, it was a good goal and um, kind of I don't know how many goals we've scored from from build up really since Marty's uh Marty's kind of been in in it been in charge. But yeah, no, like you say, it was a good goal and uh, scored kind of from back to front. I- when Dykes brings that ball down, he's got so much time on the ball that he can kind of take his time a little bit of it. Because I think whilst he has a, that sort of a slightly better few runner performances playing, not as the, I, I guess, I don't know what you call it, nine or whatever, but like he's, it, he hesitates a bit when he's got the ball uh, and he doesn't make that killer pass when you kind of feel like he should. Even this one, he, he might, you could argue that he holds on for it onto it for just that little bit too long, but because we have that massive amount of space and I guess, is that the kind of advantage of trying to, we said it before, like in one of the first times I saw uh, us under Marty, where we've tried to kind of like encourage Millwall to come on to us. And then we've played out uh, over the top to sort of beat their press. And all of a sudden we've got the advantage in terms of space and numbers going forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just gives you that kind of flexibility. I mean, I don't know. It, he took it a while in fairness, which is watching about now because he has to flick it over, I think, Honeyman at the time. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the, the the quicker, some of our issues, if you look at the reverse Millwall fixture um, and a lot of our games recently is the tempo has been too slow. So it kind of makes a change there. We're playing at a better speed, kind of making the opposition move there move their shape, that kind of thing, then it causes teams more problems than than a, a kind of like a static pace. The other thing just noticing about this goal is that um, going back to Willock again, when he, he, he does cut back, but he only cuts back once and then the ball is into the box. I, I, I don't know how many times we have to say it, but when we just put the ball into the box a lot quicker and a lot earlier, then we look a lot more threatening at doing that as well, rather than the endless cutting back. Because I know people have criticisms of our strikers and at times quite valid criticisms, but how are they meant to make a run? Yeah, you can't time you can't time the movements. I mean chair chair is bad for it in, in the or the worst for it. But um yeah, there's only so many times you can make forward or back post runs. Um and then you have to kind of set again and then move it it does make it very difficult. So yeah, um, yeah, it, it is good that we're actually playing first time balls, and Smith's probably the only one in our squad that consistently does that. Yeah, uh, just looking through the 
highlights uh, of the game. I, I thought, though, like you said, I wasn't that impressed with Millwall in the slightest. I wasn't really impressed with Huddersfield either. But uh, if you look at Millwall, they only really had one, I think, really good opportunity. Kevin Nisbet has it, and he somehow managed to contrive to send it over the bar. It's, it's nice play from them down the down our right-hand side, and they get down there pretty easily. Um, questions, I guess, about... I think Reggie Cannon is splitting opinion at the moment um, on how good he actually is and what his value is to the, in comparison, say, to like a an, a Drew or a Kakai. But um, yeah, apart from that, I don't. I think we restricted them to very little. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't think they're particularly um, particularly high xG that game. Um, yeah, apart from I think that was one. I think that was one where. It, Got cleared off the line as well. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's the next thing I'm about to see. Yeah. Um, it's just so, like a it, that is a lucky moment. I think Begovic might get a touch, not someone else gets a touch on it, and then Cannon is there, and it's just sort of like I think he, <laughs> I think everyone was surprised that there was someone there on the line because <laughs> it just seems to kind of like it. It I, I was expecting it to go in, and then obviously the Millwall fans get nasty and start throwing stuff at him um, as per usual um jack colback then we really <laughs> he's gonna be mentioned a few times i feel like in this podcast because we really i don't know what the word is but we were critical of him in the watford game uh and there was a lot of frustration there and he comes out last saturday against millwall and to us plays a blinder plays the sort of game that we were expecting and that sort of a performance that we were hoping to get from him Maybe it wasn't actually that good. Maybe we're just looking through the sort of prism of previous performances. But in comparison to previous performances, that Mill performance from him was a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I think how 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 long was he out again of injury? Was it a few? It was weeks? a good couple of weeks. Yeah. So yeah. So maybe maybe there is. I can't remember what game he returned to, but maybe there is a bit like that. He's got to get back up to match fitness, which I can understand. Um, the other Maybe. thing though that people don't like about him is the kind of he had that run of red cards, didn't he? And really rash yeah. challenges. I think you got to know what you're getting though. Like you, we kind of knew that he was kind of a walking yellow card at the very least, like from his previous clubs. Um he's just kind of that aggressive. I mean, Ainsworth, when we signed him, said that he's that kind of tough, tough physical or aggressive central midfielder that he kind of he kind of wanted to bring in. So um I guess you kind of got to take it with a pinch of salt. Um, but there was there was moments. I, I mean, we'll get onto it with the game yesterday because of the free kick. But I do think it can have its value at times with the tactical fouls because we are too nice at times as a team. And we have been known to kind of give away goals on the counter-attack without kind of putting a foot in or taking one for the team. So, um, yeah, I mean, if he's if he's got if he's on on his day, he can be a very good player like, like a mill. Um, but yeah, you kind of need to find that consistency with him. Yeah, and he, and he's crucial in the second goal. It's a, I think you mentioned to us in the group chat you want to see us do more of these type of moves off set pieces rather than uh, just endlessly putting the ball into the box. But it's a really well timed run from chair, nice pass from Powell, lays it back to Colback for the shot. And I, in the moment, you know, I know we love a bit of a goalkeeper discussion on the podcast, but in the moment, it felt like that goal goalkeeper was like a a tortoise stuck in his back or something like that it took ages for him to get back to his feet and Sinclair Armstrong bounces which is absolutely lovely to see 
Yeah, no, the keeper really should be doing better. I don't know how he's he's managed to dive one way and parry the ball the other. Um, no, it was a good, like, Armstrong's done well, kind of a poach, poacher's finish. Um, and it was a good, uh, like you said, it was a good set piece. I just think with the short corner, the short set pieces, I think we've seen time and time again that we don't have enough height in the team. We don't really, well, we don't score enough goals from set pieces. We can't so I just beat the first man on crosses. No, no, that's, that's, a, that's a big major issue. So, and I don't, I think that's another thing around the deliveries. I don't think we've, even though Powell can take them, chair can take them, they're not like out and out set piece takers. They're not like a, a James Ward Prowse type player, or I know they're rare to come by, but, and if you don't have the delivery, you don't have the height, you're kind of chancing on every set piece and you can't really afford to do that at this level. So I think take them short, use, use blockers to kind of create space. It's always, it's all possible. So it's all about really reducing the risk and kind of, getting the delivery or at least have a shot at the end of the set piece. So I think if we do that more often than not, we're probably going to be better off than than whipping it into the six yard box and hoping someone uh some five foot ten player gets a gets ahead on it. Uh I would like to seeing as he can't be here to make this point, but uh Michael would probably like to point out at this point that Elijah Dixon Bonner hit knuckleball corners against Watford. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. I actually missed that. I actually missed that. I didn't I didn't see it. <laughs> I think I, at that point I was angrily messaging the group chat trying to get all my frustration out uh, at us conceding two goals to goal-scoring midfielder Jake Livermore. Um, let's move on to Sunday, which at the time of recording is just yesterday, so you would think we'd remember a lot about the game, but uh, nothing happened, did it? Like, a, If you said at the start of the game this is what's going to happen to both the managers um would you like to shake hands on a one all draw now and just both go back home to your respective families i think they would have said yes i think a lot of the fans would have agreed and said yes as well like let's not bother traveling because uh, that was not the finest 90 minutes of football no i mean i got to watch it from the comfort of my my house so Slightly, slightly better off than the, the than the going fan, but um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a good game. I thought we were, I don't know, yeah, I'd say we're probably fortunate to draw one one. I know the offside goal was offside, and we'll talk about that. But I was looking back at the kind of statistics and the kind of what what chances they had. I mean, xG wise, we we only just marginally beat. I think I put in the group chat before we scored that. It was going to be our worst XG of the season, even like beating some of Ainsworth's like disastrous games, and we only had 0.37, so it's still bad. Um, but they they created nearly two XG, and like I think five of them, five of their big chances were from set pieces. So we kind of knew their threat anyway, and then they 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 did have a few chances where they could have scored. So yeah. we were probably fortunate in that sense. But from like looking at our own performance, I thought we were we were pretty bad. Like we just didn't didn't really have too much threat going forwards. Thing is, right? If it had ended nil nil, I'd have sat here and probably agree said everything you just said. Uh, told everyone that Huddersfield deserved to win it and they were unlucky. But because of that, because they couldn't score without being offside, like yeah. actually, you know what? One was a fair result because your goal, goal shouldn't have counted. Um, well, it should be one nil, really. Well, th- th- then then you have the sort of like butterfly effects of if 
we hadn't conceded, would we be pushing so hard to get that equaliser? Or would they just be yeah. accepting a nil nil? Yeah, yeah, you make a good point. Um it's it, it wasn't a good performance. I and it's rare that you can say this and and genuinely mean it, but the game was definitely affected slash ruined by the refereeing performance. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like yeah, there's I... been times when we've you know been critical, say like Keith Stroud for that Sunderland one where that was an egregious error. There's a a pretty bad error from the linesman in this game, but the general. I think I read it was the same linesman as well. Really? Yeah, from the Sunderland game. Oh, now it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I still back to haunt us. What was it two years, three years? Still hasn't learned the Arsenal like rule. Brilliant. I still, I, I still, I still hate myself that we never got given Arsenal away. I mean, we got battered. Like, I don't care. I really don't care. No, but I'd have liked to have gone to Arsenal away. That'd have been really fun. Yeah. Um, also, on a on a kind of similar related point, Swansea getting battered by Bournemouth. We really did get away with. One against them in the cup, yeah. Like either we got away with one, or our first half performance was actually a lot better than we thought it was, or they were a lot worse. I don't know, but three two against Premier League side like that suddenly looks a lot better now that Swansea have been absolutely shamozzled by them. Um. Anyway, back to the weekend. The referee every five minute, not even five minutes, every minute. You know. A, a, Huddersfield player would go down, it's a foul. So most of the time it was a yellow card, it felt like it. Similar fouls would then happen uh to our players, they'd get waved away, or if they were given a fouls, they weren't then yellow cards. Uh and it, it generally just ruined the flow of the game, didn't it? And it played much more into the hands of the wayside and suited their game just so much better. Yeah, and no, I'd agree. Um yeah, no, I thought the ref was bad. I thought Helix was probably I know I know it was in the like far corner of the, the, the pitch, but I thought he was lucky not to get a second yellow personally, just because if Armstrong was through there, that'd be in a pretty fairly big chance for us. Um but yeah, no, he didn't really give any yellows. I mean Phil, Fields was a the one that Field run in the second half, I was a bit um in between a yellow or just a foul, but um Thing is, it's a fifty-fifty, like, and they both slid in. Like, how is that a foul? That he is... didn't. He didn't. Admittedly, on the replay, he didn't really win the ball. No, but neither did. I don't. Did the other guy win the ball? I. I wasn't really. I was just. I don't know. It, I mean, it's just it a coming together, good. and the other guy's fate faked an injury. You know, that that's what he did have to come. Him. He did have to come off straight after. Well, whatever. Or... <laughs> I'm angry. <laughs> Cause no, because you not remember when he went that we had the oh, corner yeah. and then he yeah, went, he went down, down didn't he? Yeah, but like there, there was a, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of going down, and then we would yeah, play yeah. on, and then the referee would bring it back. It's like you you can't do that. That's it's not I a head injury. They were, the point, they were playing for the point. Um, but yeah, no, the ref was bad. I mean, I I've seen some bad referees at kind of what national league, south north level. Um, but I've not seen a ref that's kind of slowed the game down that much by just blowing his whistle and then i saw on twitter afterwards i didn't realize on the tv he was doing them um the sprints from the yeah. uh the edge of the yeah <laughs> what was that all about it was a bizarre refereeing performance it was one of those referees where the intention had to be on him for the 90 minutes and it was it yeah. was really bad and 
I think you mentioned it as well, like in, in our group chat. He he blew his whistle really loud. And like when he, you know, like it, it was just really, everything was annoying me about his performance. Every single thing. Um, and then you get to this goal that we concede. Uh, I, I, I don't know whether this counts as another goal conceded from set piece. Mm. Yeah, te- technically it does. It, it's like half, I'd say. What, because of the offside? <laughs> well, well, no, because it's well, I guess so, because it's not like it's second phase, middle phase, it? first, yeah, it's second phase, isn't it? Of the of the move, um, yeah, but yeah, obviously, should have been called offside. I in the moment, I thought uh, Rodoni was offside because it was kind of like how's he appeared there, but I can see how he's onside, but it's actually the guy who heads it back across, isn't it? Yeah, no, no that's what I thought, and then when I because I had it on TV and I put it in the group chat at the time, I said it's it's offside, and then um. Yeah, it was the it was Tom Tom Lee's in the in the first phase. It, it was quite it was quite a bit offside. It wasn't like a margin. Oh no, like where it's like it was like half it was like half his half his left side of his body. Yeah, was offside. Like you, people bemoan VAR, but <laughs> I'm yeah, like, that's cool. They got, they got the lines really badly to uh to yeah. start. To... I'm ninety five percent that even EFL referees would give that. As offside upon review yeah. on VAR, um, not advocating for these bunch of clowns to actually get their hands on that technology because I think that would ruin our lives just that little bit more. Um, Imagine VAR in that game; there'll be even less flow. The, the the problem is though is that it is unfortunate. I, I guess on one hand you can kind of say they've played him offside; they should be. Not rewarded for that, but the rule should be upheld. On the other hand, you can say it's another goal conceded from set pieces. Um, we don't clear the ball. We don't compete well enough. It's just poor. Where, where do you sit? Or do you sit in the middle? Um, no, I'd still say it's poor. I don't think we defended set pieces particularly well. Game, like I said earlier, when they they had those like a kind of three, four kind of big big chances. Um, I did see, I did notice we changed our structure slightly. We moved one further zonal. But then, like, do you remember that? He was, do you remember that one in the first half? I think it was Healy, where they kind of whipped it into the front post. It missed Helik and then, and then someone tried to flick it across the, across Begovic. Um, we had an extra body in there, but it didn't really make much of a difference. So I didn't, I think compared to Millwall, where we defended pretty well in set pieces, I think we were quite poor, poor yesterday. Mm. Um, the goal then would we debate long into the night whether we would have scored this goal like we said if uh, if it weren't for that <clears throat> Huddersfield goal but it was so deflating in the stadium after that goal it was kind of like, oh, like a, lo- a load of people started to leave it was a really good let's say it was a really good atmosphere it looked really good because of the free scarves they handed out that was a Whoever decided to do that at the club, yep, big tick in that box. That was good. Um, and uh, Steve uh, mentioned on Twitter, QPR Analytics, that it was nice to see so many QPR colours out and about in the local area after the game, which I completely agree with because I had to go back to Westfield to meet up with my mum and sister. Um, and walking through there, actually seeing a lot of QPR f- scarves was brilliant because I, I was saying to uh, I made it work today, even though we have a pretty, I wouldn't say major London attraction, but there's a, a pretty big attraction right next to QPR. 
I was never expecting like a QPR shop to go up in there or anything like that, but at least a little bit of advertising because it is just so many people pass through that shopping centre. And especially yeah. when we were in the Premier League and that, that you know, how, how are we not putting a couple of banners up on one of their electronic boards? Like, you know, that... that as long I as felt... it doesn't take it to Brentford, Ivan Tony cringe levels. And, no, yeah, there, there's, there's levels to this. A little yeah. bit of advertising would be nice, but it was great to see everyone walking through. And everyone would have been aware there was a QPR game on because everyone's yeah. walking around with these scarves. Even if you aren't the biggest QPR fan, you're going to wear it because it was free. Um, you know, it, it was a really good idea and it made the ground look great. It made... The aftermath looked great um, when we were, everyone was walking back to their modes of transport to get away from the stadium. So, yeah, well done to whoever did that. Um, the goal rescues us, obviously. Uh, Kenny Powell, it's a nice finish for something that comes off his knee. Yeah, because I remember watching the replay and it was, um, it hit the roof of the net, didn't it? Um Yeah. No, One of those it ones was... where very easily just sort of sells by and you and we're sitting here going, imagine what it'd have been like if Kenny had scored at the end there. No, you're right, you're right. It actually the, the, I didn't realise that the move started from a long ball into Begovic and we kind of somehow win the uh the first and second ball and then cross it in and uh yeah, we've we've done we've done all right in recent games, admittedly, from anticipating off crosses, which is which makes a change. I mean for I know it was under Ainsworth, but that was kind of where you thought we'd we gamble most from runs into the box and crosses, but we never really did. And then under Sifuentes, you had Smith at Preston. You had Smith uh, in another game at home. I can't remember which one it was. Stoke, and then, wasn't it? Was it Stoke? Yeah, yeah. And then you had um, Chero against Millwall and you've had Powell, Powell, um, Powell yesterday. So we are, we admittedly, we are um, gambling at crosses, but it does feel like at times we still need to put more bodies in the box. Um because that is a bit of an issue, but no, it was a good goal and uh, yeah, kind of what we deserved. I mean, as a point was kind of the minimum, I thought. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so how do you kind of look, looking back on January? We prior to this, we we said it was going to be a really important month for us, where it kind of makes or breaks the season. Um, discount the Premier League FA Cup tie because that's you know not necessarily fair to include, I think. But two losses and a win and a draw, all at home could have come away perhaps with slightly more points would it be greedy to say that or should we just be content with what we've got no i think i don't think it's greedy um i think performances have been kind of mixed i mean i thought watford we played well Millwall we didn't play great but we kind of got we dug in and then um cardiff cardiff and huddersfield were a bit there i thought i mean the cup's the cup i know we had the lead but it was against premier league opposition so i'm not i'm not overly concerned about that um but yeah, I'd say what the month was like a I don't know, five, six out of ten. I don't know if that that's fair, but it just it, it feels like with the, the, the home games all, all at home, we could have got a bit more. And I think we didn't need no opposition exactly really tested us from open play as well, I thought. So um probably defensively we did a lot better than uh, than offensively. It's very interesting as well to see the um like the league table since Marty has come back it come into the club as well though. Because if you look at it, I think we're uh, mid table, aren't we? We're mid table, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. So like it's there's an obvious improvement there, but then again, there ha- you know we know that because got to go beyond. We kind of got to go beyond that because of what, what, what we're chasing. Yeah, uh, and it, obviously a big opportunity at the weekend to to do that, but not quite. Um, hopefully, 
our shiny new toy, uh, Mr. Frey, will be helping us achieve that goal. Um, this didn't come out of nowhere because we'd seen a few rumors, hadn't we? Um, yeah. But how exactly have we pulled this off? Like, you know, how much were we paying Andre Dezel and Stephen Duke McKenna to play football for us or for one of them to not play football for us? Because this seems like. You know, unless someone's telling Porky Pies the whole time, bizarre that all of a sudden we've just signed a striker from a top division side. Doesn't matter which country that is, it's still a top division, uh, the Belgian Pro League. And it's a good league, in fairness. It's the markets we should be shopping in. Yeah. Where, where does this come from, honestly? Yeah. It's bizarre. Um, I think, I, I mean, I don't know all the facts and figures, so I can't really, like, I can't be certain, but. It came across in the Antwerp statement, like they'd released him. Right. So, so it's a bit of a con um not con but, a Chris Martin situation. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I imagine if it was it was kind of on a free or a, like a low compensation base if we got him on permanent, but um because I think the rumors were initially it was a loan with an option. Yeah. Uh, so that I I imagine they got him off the books, but yeah, it, it was it's good that we got him permanently. Um I've seen bits and pieces. He looks quite, quite a good striker for what we're after. Kind of like good in the six yard box, um, more of a poacher type than maybe Dykes and uh, Dykes and Armstrong. But his record, his record on uh, for Antwerp was like thirty three goals in sixty nine games, which is just under just under a goal every other game, which is very good. So um, yeah, I, I mean, not... looking at his his videos, it, it, he looks a bit of a handful. I'll say that. I think yeah. he's. I think he's on the uh, Geordie Device scale of yeah. quite scary <laughs> as yeah. well. Like, and he's got his name tattooed on his chest. Yeah. Uh, it, real possibility of cult hero load, loading here. You know, like, yeah, 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 like wrong yeah. possibility. Because, um, you know, it just reminds me of that story about Geordie Device smashing his head against the lockers before going out to play football. And everyone's oh, sort of being like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, we're going to hear something like he sort of, I don't know, did something incredibly strange in the dressing room before the game. He scored seven in 14 appearances in the Pro League last season. And he went on loan to Schalke, admittedly in a top division, so Bundesliga. Uh, it scored zero in 15 there. But you wouldn't expect necessarily our quality of striker to be tearing it up in the Bundesliga. Um, no, I don't think we'd have got him if he was tearing no, it up. exactly. You gotta take what you gotta take it all the pinch of salt. I mean, as so, long as as long as the recruitment team have done their homework and he fits us stylistically, then uh, that's all you can really ask for. Because got a goal scoring, goal scoring is all kind of. I mean, you, you can be a finisher, but like, yeah, you yeah you can get a player that does well for one team and then doesn't fit the other. So as long as he kind of fits what we're after, then I don't really care to be honest with you. I wonder whether it's a little bit sort of not horses for courses, but like. Is this the only person we could have got as well? Like, is there no one realistically elsewhere that's going to be in a similar situation? But, and I'm not sure how many games there are left, but it's probably around 14 games. If he scores seven in 14, there's a good chance of staying up. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't put that pressure on him just yet. Um, uh, no. <laughs> the, guy, the, guy's just, the guy's just turned up in English. Sorry, but... <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I wasn't expecting a striker, and now, unfortunately for him, the way of the QPR world is going to... Oh, well, in that case, then, there's a few more goals <laughs> in him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, the the weight of every QPR fan's expectation beyond him, like you know, I I, I could not think, believe it. it when... This is the issue, though. Like, I don't think he's going to be. I don't know if he's going to be thrown in or not. Because the nice take... thing is that I don't think, unless I look at my phone right now, and I'm very much mistaken. I don't. Have we got a midweek fixture? No, not till not till um the fourteenth of Feb, Stoke. So we've got two games before that. Okay, so he's got a bit of time to build up match fitness. Whether he starts against Blackburn, I don't know. Where he fits in as well is interesting. Like you know, is he gonna? Where, where does this leave Armstrong and Dykes? I don't think it's been horrendous. I don't think it's been brilliant. Do you? You know, like we've said previously, we've got a lot of attacking midfielders. Where exactly do they fit all into the side with this guy trying to play up top as well? Could you not? Could you not? Maybe I think you got the flexibility of Armstrong on the right if you necessarily need to off the bench in games. Um, yeah, you got Dykes that can play the ten. I think it just gives uh, Sifuentes a bit more attacking um, versatility because then you got Willock, you got Smith. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing to have because realistically, we need as much as the attack's okay on paper. It doesn't really have the output, so we do need someone else that can kind of chip in. Um, so yeah, it just it'd be interesting to see who it has, but it looks like we got someone that we can. Um, we can look. We can look forward to, and uh, gives us like a different, different type of profile. Yeah. Well, you know, let's uh, let's get by. Just get behind them. Yeah. <laughs> and like, eh, see if he scores some goals. If not, you know, we're down as it is. So <laughs> can't oh, it, oh. it? It it literally. Oh, go. Apart from about two places, cannot get much worse this season. So the only way to go oh. is up. Yeah. Yeah, and with true. that, on that sentiment, we're going to wrap it up here. So um, <clears throat> thank you very much for listening, as always. Uh, we are, because uh, believe it or not, we seem to actually be four busy individuals at the moment, the Our Generation podcast team, so to speak. Um, so we're moving to doing podcasts every other week. So bi-weekly instead of every week after every game, just because we can't fit it in and we find there's we're repeating points and stuff like that and qpr gets us down enough as it is so we can't do it every week unfortunately um but i hope you still enjoy the podcast all the same and thank you very much for listening until next time coming you are